Hey, I'm Jake Barton, creator of the history storytelling podcast called Historium, and you're listening to The Concession Stand on the Orbital Jigsaw Network. You're listening to The Concession Stand Podcast on the Orbital Jigsaw Network. From movies and TV to consoles and video games, don't let your geek flag fly with your hosts, Nick Howe and Andy Nelson. to the Concession Stand Podcast. This is your first time joining us. We're glad to have you on board. This is episode number 49. I'm your host, Nick Howell, and sitting across from me, Mr. Andy Nelson. How are you, sir? It is great to be back, and I will tell you this. Coming up later in the show, we're going to talk about Creed 2, Thor, and maybe a little bit about the Hulk, and Apple is going to be rebooting a classic television show from the 80s. But first, let's go ahead and crack a beer and get started. Mm-hmm. Well, Andy, there's some interesting things happening then, and I wanted to start things off tonight with a conversation about how the way we watch movies at home is changing. You know, 2017 has been an interesting year, a big year for digital content, if we focus in on, sure. on that, right? We've had an amazing year of these big tentpole movies in the theaters all year, but there's it's also kind of been under the covers this amazing year of evolution of the way that we uh, watch movies at home. And I just wanted to start things off by going down this this timeline of some of these things that have happened that will lead us to uh, some of our bigger talking points. So yeah. uh, one of the biggest things that happened earlier this year was Apple announced that they finally made up. <laughs> they, they kissed and made up with Amazon. Yep. Uh, if you remember, they weren't selling the Apple TVs on Amazon there for a while. Nope. So it was announced and confirmed at the recent Apple event that we were going to be selling Apple TVs on Amazon again, and we were. It is confirmed that we are at some point this year. Some point. There's only nine or ten weeks left. (laughs) At some point this year, we're going to get Amazon Prime Video on Apple TV because it's already on the iPad and the phone, but it's never been to the TV yet, which is of course their big way to watch like man the high castle right. or what uh, the other amazon shows that i can't think goliath of. yeah uh, billy uh, billy bob Thor. sure we've been waiting for this sort of like ability to be able to watch all of these shows that we want in our in our you know we're apple fanboys so we 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 are apple tv guys you know we also have a fire stick we never use that thing um but yeah we've been waiting for to watch uh, apple stuff on our actual television instead of walking around with your ipad yeah it, it, it was a big deal and i think they also announced and and they actually added recently the voodoo app so the people that are into the voodoo purchases of movies not voodoo like like uh uh new orleans voodoo but right. like vud yeah the vudu <laughs> voodoo um that's a whole nother thing that we we aren't really too familiar with because we're apple guys but uh, there, there's a whole slew of people that can now watch all of their voodoo movies on Apple TV as well. So, yeah, we're, we're what seeing. Was, well, what was the unique thing about voodoo? I think it was a Walmart company, um, and and they were the only um, streaming device or streaming app of some kind which you couldn't get on Apple TV or even on their uh, phones or iPads where you could watch your ultraviolet library. Are you familiar with what like an ultraviolet library is? I, I am. And it's, it's not really a library of content. It's more of just a, um, like a set of passcodes. It's almost like you had like one password or last pass or whatever those right. things are that, that give you access to everything. So to quote it, what they say on Wikipedia about ultraviolet, I'll just read this quick little passage. Uh, ultraviolet is a cloud-based digital rights locker. For movies and television shows that allows consumers to store proofs of purchase 
of licensed content to enable playback on different devices using multiple applications from several different streaming services. It also allows users to share access to their library with up to five different people. Ultraviolet is deployed by the Digital Entertainment Content Ecosystem, which is an alliance of 85 companies that includes film studios, retailers, consumer electronics, fi- consumer electronics manufacturers, I should say, cable TV companies, ISPs, network hosting vendors, and a partridge and a pear tree. Blah, 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 blah. Right. The notable thing about this is that there were four companies that weren't involved with this whole thing who basically run, run Buttertown now. Yeah. Disney, Google, Amazon, and Apple were not part of the ultraviolet movement. Correct. So I know that you are a big purchaser of physical copies that came with all of those. Get it today on DVD, Blu-ray, and ultraviolet. Or just digital or whatever it was. Yeah. Right. So tell me, tell the listeners and me, because I've never really used it. I think we had to go dig in my shelf to find one earlier. Sure. uh, To prep for the show here. But how does ultraviolet work and why is it that we're making a big deal out of this? So here's the thing. It's essentially another version of iTunes or Google Play or Amazon Video. Not like a streaming service, but like a digital ownership. So... If you go out and you buy a Blu-ray and it says like you own and it'll say like at the top in that little blue strip, it says like Blu-ray DVD plus digital. And then if you turn it over on the back, it'll say something like iTunes or ultraviolet or sometimes both, sometimes just iTunes or sometimes just ultraviolet. And that depends on the movie studio. So what I do typically when I buy a movie and I buy a lot of Blu-rays or I bought a lot of Blu-rays over the years, um, you know, starting back in uh, the early 2010s, let's say. Um, you, you buy the movie and then it comes with a little like uh, insert inside and there's like, it says type in this code in your iTunes. And then suddenly you own the digital rights to that movie. So an example would be, I bought uh, the force awakens, right? Force awakens comes with a code type in the code. And now force awakens is in my Apple, uh, iTunes library. And gotcha. I can watch it on my phone, on my iPad, on my Apple TV, blah, 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 blah. Great. Right. But uh, if it was a Warner Brothers movie, like let's say the Nolan Dark Knight trilogy or Man of Steel or Batman v Superman or whatever it is, you buy that Blu-ray. On the back, it says Ultraviolet. Mm, So you type in that code and you go to the Ultraviolet website. So you have this whole separate um, like library or digital locker of movies that was Ultraviolet. But the problem with it was you could never figure out a way to watch it because I'm an Apple guy and there weren't a lot of Ultraviolet or there were zero Ultraviolet um, uh, uh, portable they said they had it, but there wasn't like an ultraviolet. There was never like an ultraviolet player app. There was okay. never, it was like through Flickster or through this or through Voodoo and Voodoo didn't have an app on any Apple devices. So I had this library of movies that were all Warner Brothers, a lot of good stuff, right? That I couldn't really watch digitally because I have all these Apple products. So it was really kind of frustrating and I don't know why they did this and it was, it's like Warner Brothers is going to do this and yeah, you know, like, so like the, 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 all three of the Hobbit movies are ultraviolet. So I have ultraviolet copies of those, but I can't watch them which is annoying unless I just go put the Blu-ray in. It's almost like when there was like this sort of like Blu-ray versus HD DVD war in a way where like, you know, studios put their flag in the ground and says, we're iTunes or we're ultraviolet. Now, some of these things would be like, you can choose iTunes or ultraviolet, but you can't have both. So you would, you would, (laughs) you would put the, uh, the code in. It was like, do you want the iTunes version or the ultraviolet version? Like iTunes, obviously, you know, but um, yeah, but Warner Brothers movies, which has made a lot of our big superhero movies, were only ultraviolet. And it was really, really frustrating. But now with this Voodoo app that has come out recently, my ultraviolet library, I could watch that finally on my Apple TV or my tablet or my phone. But I would have to go, all right, go to this app and watch those specific movies. Man, wouldn't it be great if they came up with some app that would just combine all of those? Mm, I think we'll get to that. But before we do, we have to continue this timeline throughout 2017. Right. 
Uh, Disney also recently announced, and we've talked about this yeah. previously on the show, uh, that they were going to build their own streaming service. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's two big things here that Disney announced. So they're they're going to build their own streaming service, which is still in the works. And off the back of that, they subsequently announced that they're going to pull all of their Disney content from Netflix and other services at the end of their contracts whenever which, they expired. Which we did a whole show about, right? Right, right exactly. Um, and Netflix-produced Marvel content is going to stay because mm-hmm. it is Netflix-produced content. Yep. And they have now officially killed off the Disney Movies Anywhere service. Right. Which iNet was never <laughs> a subscriber to, but you as a father of two girls, obviously... We're a subscriber to. Right. So that's the same thing. So instead of having to go into iTunes or, or whatever, they sort of jumped the gun with this a bit. So you, if you owned the Disney movie and it, you would log into your iTunes or to your Google Play, like it knew that you owned it and you could watch it on any of those devices, the Disney movies, gotcha. not just the Frozens and the Moanas, but it also included all the Marvel movies or the Star Wars movies now because they own the, you know, the digital rights to that right. stuff. So there was a separate app you could say, all right, I'm going to watch the, and you could get those movies that way. So this was kind of like a, a first step into being able to watch your movies on either a not specific Apple or Android or Amazon or something device. So gotcha. they, they, they sort of started it with that. So what they were doing was basically saying, all right, maybe, you, maybe you're an Apple guy or maybe you're a Google guy or maybe you're an Amazon guy. It doesn't matter. If you own the Disney movies that you know we've made, we know that you have it on these, dev- you own it. And it, it was like, and then it, oh, the, this cl- uh, cross platform consumption thing started with just the Disney movies. And it was great because, you know, for, for whoever, like, oh, I, I happen to have a Chromecast plugged into my TV in this room. So, oh, good. I've got all the Disney movies here because it's not an Apple thing. So or that, Roku or sure, whatever it is. Right? Uh, sure. That, it was on Roku, I believe, as well. So they had, they had sort of like skipped that step of that sort of um, Apple or Android, like the big thing, like your exclusivity to that, you the know, device wars, right, right? Exactly. So they, they were, you know, it's Disney. They're smart. They're like, we just want to be able to show it to everybody. And they figured out a way to do it. We want you to have a way to give us money. <laughs> this is really what that cooks. We have all the money. Yes, they do. Uh, in turn. So in the last couple of weeks, we have learned that they have now launched this new service and we've both tried it out and set it up and, and yeah. it works fantastically. Uh, they've dropped the word Disney, but now they have movies anywhere. Yeah. And this is, uh, this is a, an interesting new service. And frankly, it's a pretty big deal. And this is really what we all of this stuff leading up to this was all about because we're going to talk tonight about movies anywhere. Yeah. It, um, and really what I want to use to describe this is it's kind of this meta service that doesn't really host anything. It's just connective tissue that brings all of your services together. So, which is genius, which is absolutely genius. And I can't believe it took this long. That's the other thing, you know, and this is the other interesting part of this is that they finally got everybody in bed together, so to speak. I mean, Sony, Fox, Universal, Warner Brothers, and and of course, Disney themselves all coming together with this brand new service that consolidates all of your movies from all of your various services and all of your hard copies and all of your digital copies into one central repository. Why did it take this long? Why did it take this long? I have, I'm like, it's, it feels like the duh. Like, why, right. did, why did we do this? <laughs> so I get this email the other day, like a week ago, and it says, you know, from Disney, uh, the Disney Movies Anywhere app is going to be going away. Go ahead and migrate all of your Disney Movie Anywhere movies to the new Movies Anywhere app. I'm like, okay, fine. So then I go over to the Movies Anywhere website and I type in my Disney login or whatever, right? And then it's like, and then it says, go ahead and log into your Google Play and log into your Amazon. I'm like, wait a minute, what? And then go ahead and log into your Voodoo account. I'm like, your you're, iTunes. you're kidding me. And I'm like, and so I log into all those things. And then suddenly I go back to my iTunes 
Or no, first I go into like the, just the app on the website, and then suddenly all of the movies that I own over all those platforms are in one spot. What? Yeah. I mean, we just said that it took this long, but then to actually see it all happen, I was like, yes, I can't believe they finally pulled this off. So then I immediately turn on my Apple TV, and I go to the uh, the library to see like what's there. Yeah, all the, the, the voodoo ultraviolet movies that I could never access before what? are all in one app now. That's heresy. It's great. It's fantastic. <laughs> So now we have one magical app. One to rule ring them all. To, rule, to rule them all. Yes, absolutely. Does, does this put an end to those aforementioned device wars between Apple and Google and even Amazon if you want to throw their sticks in there, if you want, uh, or the, the Fire TVs and their tablets and stuff? I mean, does this. Is, is this the end of that? Are we finally getting to that point where it doesn't matter what device you have sitting on your set-top or, or holding in your hands? I think so. I mean, so let's put it in perspective. So if you're like us and you're an Apple guy, right, and I have all of these iTunes, Apple movies, like let's say 95% of the movies that I own digitally are on iTunes. But I had this like thing of the ultraviolets and I had a couple over on Google Play and I had a couple on Amazon that I might have gotten a deal on. But you don't have to go through like all these multiple, okay, I'll watch the Amazon app, which I couldn't watch on the Apple TV, but now I can do this. So yes, to answer your question, absolutely. Because I, I, I'm trying to look at this from like the the um, the lapsed Apple guy. Let's yeah. say, let's say like I have a friend that, that was like, oh, done with the Apple ecosystem. I switched to Android. And I'm not saying Android's a bad system. It's just not my thing, right? He switched over to Android. He's like, but the biggest problem when I switched was I couldn't watch any of my iTunes movies anymore. Well, guess what, Colin, if you're listening, you can now. Because all you have to do is sign up for this service, and then you can go into whatever. What would you log into if it's not You iTunes? log into Movies Anywhere. And movies yeah, but that's not going to play the movies. Yes, it does. That's the thing. The uh, app in, plays. In, yes. In what? In your phone, in your app, in anything. It plays the movies like a player Hang on, on your phone, on your iPad, and even on your Apple TV or your Chromecast so this is or your app. Roku. Yes. It's not just a website. It's not just a website. It is an app. And this is available today. Did you not know this? The, I did this not. Uh, we uh, talked about all okay. this all day, and I, I did not know that the apps were already oh, out yeah. there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. So I, you, you showed me your iTunes library. I didn't know that there was a third-party yes, app is an, already. There is a third-party app on my phone. There is a there is a Movies Anywhere app on your Apple TV that brings all of them up. So you skip going to the movie section. You just go to that app, and there you go. Okay, so I'm looking at the website right now, okay. and I just want to see the available. Okay, so this is on Apple it's on everything. And it's on Apple, Android, Apple TV, Roku, Kindle Fire, Amazon Fire TV devices, and Chromecast. That's everything. That's everything. That's every that's tablet. It. That's every like home streaming device. That's all of them. All of them. So here's wow. So here's okay. here's what you don't have. Okay. Apparently, you don't have Paramount movies. Uh, Lionsgate was the other one I heard. Okay, Lionsgate. Yeah. You don't have those either on this specific app. If you still own those on iTunes, or if you still own, so it's kind of the same thing that I was dealing with with the Warner Brothers Ultraviolet thing. Yeah. But for the most part. It's it's gathered all of these things into one separate app, which is just to me, it took way too long to do this. No brainer. And how did they work out this deal? Like, what's the what's the what's going on behind the scenes? Why is this just suddenly happening? And why is Apple and Amazon and Google and Netflix not Netflix, but um, uh, Walmart who owns Voodoo, whatever? Why are they all okay with this suddenly? I don't know. 
Uh, is this, or are we finally just winning? I mean, we're so used to being stepped on and made to jump through these hoops and make and, and make a choice. We usually have to make a choice, right? It's like you're either Google or you're Apple or you're Amazon or the, and that's what you get to watch. So you you've been Apple on your phone and your iPad forever. You once you make that switch, you lose this. You're Google. You've got all these things and you switch to Apple, you lose this. That was for me. That was one of the things like because the Galaxy S8 is a great phone, but I don't want to switch to Android. I lose all my Apple stuff. Or I don't want to switch to that awesome tablet. I lose all my Apple stuff. Now, hmm, I don't know. Wait, did did we just beat the game? Did we beat the game? Did we beat the final <laughs> boss? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> or or did we? I guess is, is the question I want to ask. Because uh, Mr. Pessimist Tech Guy over here uh, is going to chime in a little bit go. with his unintended consequences. I'm going to call of, you Donnie Downer because oh, you're, not, you're not a Debbie. All right, so let's talk about some of these. So first and foremost, like I said, what are going to be some... This kind of consolidation does not come without hidden cost. Uh, not dollar value cost, but I mean cost like in the terms of privacy and sharing of data. I mean, what are some... I mean, Disney now will hold the keys because let's not forget, this is still Disney's service that they've put together to do this Correct. meta consolidation yep. of sorts, right? So they're now going to hold the keys to every single consumer's content catalog outside of Disney, so they know what you're watching. Like well, they already know that, yes. And the viewing habits of the kind of stuff that you prefer. Now, why in the world do they want <laughs> Disney that? and marketing? You're kidding. Why would they want something <laughs> like that? The, the studios? Why would they want your like? Because yeah, because you know what? It's not like Fox and Warner Brothers and Universal are going to sign like, yep, go ahead, Disney, just do whatever. Wait, we want in on that too. Yeah. Whatever research you're getting, you got to share that with us. And I'm sure Apple and Google and all those people are like, hey, we want to know what the Google guys are doing. And Google's like, we want to know what the Apple guys are doing. And Amazon's like, hey, do you want to get something for free shipping? We'll be over here. Here's the interesting thing. So I made sure to pay attention to the terms of service when I was signing up for it after you told me about it, right before we did, did the show. Yeah. So I connected all of my, I went through the, uh -huh. the whole thing and I accept and I accept and I made sure to turn off the yep. marketing emails, checks, whatever. Here's the interesting thing. They're not beholden to any sort of privacy policy. The movie's anywhere service. Right. Because they throw in the disclaimers that you are beholden to the terms and conditions of the studios that are providing the content and the also the Apple and the Google and those those privacy things Correct. as well. That's and thank you. That's a great one as well. So not only the studios that are that are distributing the content, yeah. but the devices that you're watching them on. And of course, there's that little thing that you check the box like, hey, we can we send you promotional emails about this? About Uncheck, this? Yeah. Nope. Well, I did it all because it's right. like, yeah, tell me about the deals. That's another thing that makes this really interesting, right? So let's say. If you were a Google guy and you were just buying all the Google movies, or let's say I'm an iTunes guy and they're like each week they're like, "Hey, Blade Runner's 4.99." I'm like, "Of course I'll get Blade Runner for 4.99 or whatever it is." Right now, the thing that's also kind of a benefit for us too is now we can actually price match between these four devices or these four like services. Right, so it's like, ah, oh, man, Spider-Man 4K, that's uh, that's 20 bucks, but like Voodoo's like, "Hey, 15 bucks over here." You're like, okay, Voodoo, because you could still watch it on your Apple TV or your phone. It's genius. This is then again, customers win. Consumers just, well, the win. consumer wins, but then like I wonder why they would do that to to then I guess maybe they maybe they don't they don't think we're like that smart to like outsmart it. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, oh they'll just they'll just keep doing their iTunes thing. But like you and I are smart enough to be like, wait a minute, that movie's seventeen ninety nine on Amazon. I'm gonna buy it there, but I can still watch it here, you know? 
And again, that that's that's a win for us. It's not like you can be like, hey, they have it. Like, you can't do like the price match crap that you do at Best Buy, where you're like, it's that cheaper over there. I wonder, you know what I mean? Well, you can. Well, so there's some third party apps that are out there. What was the one that you were showing me before we said? Oh, there, like cheap, uh, car- cheap, cheap, uh, I forget. There's like a cheap charts. Oh, cheap, cheap charts. charts. Yeah. So that that will like send you an alert when like a bunch of movies on iTunes go on sale, and you can like set alerts to be like, hey, when Baby Driver goes less than twenty bucks, will you let me know? And it does. Huh. Okay, right? so now we have these combined services that we are going to probably evolve into this thing where they compete for prices with each other, and we now have third-party apps that are telling us when all the deals, when everything's going on sale. I mean, this is this feels like a golden era. I know, but it's it like, it's like it's but the, part of like the Donnie Downer in me is like I'm thinking like you, where it's like, yes. wait, what's the catch? What's the catch? Because because it's too perfect, you know? Power, yeah, <laughs> unlimited power. Yeah, of course. It's it's like like I said, Disney now holds the keys to all of the consumer catalogs and their viewing habits. They now have the ability to negotiate beyond anything that we've seen before. So not only are they starting up their own, dare I say, Netflix uh, stream caliber of streaming service. In addition to that, they now have this meta service that is connecting all of the viewing habits of all consumers across all movies. If this really takes off, which it's going to, let's be clear. The other interesting part of this is that Disney was one of the few companies that did not participate in the ultraviolet licensing digital locker system or any of the other ones that were out there. You just you either had Disney movies or you didn't. And it was that was limited to that. So I mean in a way this <laughs> This is kind of them going, fuck you guys. Yeah, we, exactly. We, we got all the money. You know, it's, it's, it's yeah. that now, and they've created the entire service around the way they want to do it at this point. I think what, what has also happened here is if we go back to that Blu ray HD DVD thing, do you remember when that yeah. happened and it was yeah. like all the studios except like Warner Brothers and Universal? Warner Brothers and Universal were like, we're doing HD DVD. And Apple's like, we're doing Blu ray. Well, it was like, it was and like, Apple's like, Apple's like, yeah, we're not going to really be on the fence on either of them. But like once Disney said we're doing Blu ray and once porn said we're doing Blu ray, like it took a while, but yeah. finally the HD DVD studios gave in. I think that's what's happening here. Huh. After all this time of this ultraviolet, Warner Brothers is like, all right, fine. You can, all right. I guess we'll be everywhere too okay well, one of my big gripes we've got a big justice league movie coming out we probably want to have all these movies in other people's hands <laughs> well one of the big things that i always had a gripe about with apple and one of the reasons that i have evolved my entire house to be an apple ecosystem sure is because the content is so uh portable between all of the apple kit and the devices and yeah. it's just there and one of the reasons I've stayed an Apple guy is because the iTunes store was not portable. Like my library, my content that I've curated over a better part of a decade. What do you mean it wasn't portable? Uh, yeah, I couldn't take it off of any Apple devices. Oh, I, like see what I you're couldn't. Saying. I couldn't watch it anywhere else. If I had a Windows machine, I would have to go download iTunes for Windows, which right. is clunky and weird. Yes. And but if I had a Windows phone, I couldn't watch anything. I, this undoes that. Yes, yeah, exactly. That's iTunes the whole thing. all of a sudden, bang, overnight. Now it's portable as soon as you connect movies anywhere to But your to be iTunes. clear, this is the movie side of iTunes. I mean, you know, and I don't know if TV shows are next. I mean, that could happen. Wow. I mean, that would be huge. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> I don't really know also... Like, there's nothing to be mad about here. We're just excited about it, and we want you to know about it. If you don't know about it already, listeners, you should know about this. And here's the thing, like... We've, I, me especially, I've amassed this this grand library from you know, all my, uh, like you said, my my hard copies of Blu-rays and turned them into digital. Right over time, we're not the target market for this. The target market is the kids who are now amassing their 
big digital movie collection. Right. We've already done all that, right? Sure. There's a new group of kids that want to get the Star Wars series in digital. There's a new group of kids that want to get Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter and all that sort of stuff. We've already got it, right? But they want to see how that target demographic of that 18 to 34, which we are now past, um, what they're going to do, you know, and, and, and with all these studios, like that's what they want. They want the market research. They want to know what everybody's doing with, with their movies things. Well, I have a 12 terabyte NAS that sits <laughs> over there that has over two terabytes and a thousand movies sure. of combination of me ripping my old DVDs. Yep, I did it too. Uh, up, you know, ripping Blu-rays and things like that, downloading digital copies of movies there. I have my, dare I say hard copies, but they're digital. Sure. Like my, my files are saved off of anywhere I go. So I could take these files and put them anywhere I want to. But this, this idea that I could, this ubiquitous connectivity of everything it's fantastic. is, is amazing. I mean, this, this is the, almost the ultimate story of the consumer finally getting a win. Yeah. And here's the other thing that's happening. Like for, for, and I noticed this, this week, Apple did this whole thing with their with their 4K Apple TV, right? With the with the whole like, okay, now if you ha- if you already own that movie, it's in 4K now too. And like, oh great! But they're also selling their their like for instance, Spider Man. If you go and you look at Spider Man on on the Apple TV, it's like, oh, and now in 4K, and you click on it, it says buy for 19.99. So you can own uh, a 4K or even the regular, even if you buy the 1080P one. But if you also get the 4K, right, it's 20 bucks. But the disc, the 4K disc in the stores. I believe is like 35 or 30 Damn. or something like that. So what Apple has done is basically said, yep, we we're going to sell the 4Ks for this. And now I saw in the Best Buy weekly ad that a bunch of the big title 4K Blu-rays have dropped prices to match that because now they're actually attacking the the brick and mortar retailers by saying, well, we can do the same thing and it's digital and it's cheap and here and like, you know, it happened to music. Exactly. It's exactly. It's coming for, exactly. Like, Blockbuster and all of those guys went out of business and Redbox is still hanging around for I mean, some reason. You yeah. Know? I mean, like you're right. If you think about Blockbuster, I mean, iTunes and, and I never even put this together, but like Voodoo and, and they're, they're the new video stores. You browse through the library and you figure out what you're going to buy or rent in some cases. Right. Right. If you're not a Netflix, if you can't find something on Netflix because it's all Netflix stuff, which is bad. But you're like, you know what? I really want to watch this movie. Well, I'll rent it for four dollars. You can't go to Blockbuster or anything else anymore. And but then and then you see it's like three ninety nine to rent or nine ninety nine to own. You're like, well, I mean, it's only another six dollars. <laughs> right. So why not? You know, I'll, I'll pay a hundred percent more yeah. than, to, <laughs> to watch than, it twice to watch to, to own it. Right. For the second time, it pays for itself. Um, two big things I want to say here in closing. Um, I think we're going to title this one Movie Monopoly because yeah. I, I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared of Disney. There's something. Disney's supposed to be, well, it's a small world. Yeah, it still supposed is. to be nice and kids and friendly, but something's going on over there where they're going to just take over the world. And I swear Emperor Palpatine is going to pop I'm up okay with that. out of that. And I'm it's okay going to be this, the Empire, the yeah. Galactic Empire. Okay well, with, they do on Lucasfilm. I'm okay now. with Disney taking over the world as long as I get to be in Star Wars somehow. Or, oh, yeah. fine. Okay. The second thing I want to say about this is... Um, this has a way of keeping people in the house. And I think there's another conversation yeah. that we have yeah. that we need to have here about what's going on at in the theaters and that side of the industry. But let's save that one for another episode All because right. I think that one warrants its own conversation. We we heard this week uh, for instance that Fandango bought movietickets.com. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, they've yeah, been yeah. on a buying okay. spree for like the last 10 years. They have with their own streaming thing now, too. Flickster and MGo and all kinds of yeah. stuff, right? Interesting. So they, yeah, I didn't really put that together, but that's a good point. Okay. So we're going to talk about movie theaters and and kind of the same stuff with regards to the theater industry and going to the movies 
but right now, I mean, but wait, this, let's this do that. Let's promote- do that in two weeks because next week we've got to do some sort of Halloween show. Oh right? yes, okay. Oh yes, we have to play some Halloween Halloween stuff, and we may have a special guest. Not giving any spoilers yet, but we will see if we can pull it off. Uh, but stay tuned for next week. All right, real quick before you move on, there's something happening here that you touched on for a second, but I, I want to talk about it a little bit. Yeah, it's somewhat. You were worried about the whole Disney ruling the world thing. I'm. While this is awesome for us as consumers, there's something to be said about what it's doing, and it's making it easier and easier and easier to amass this digital library to watch either on the go, but more than likely to amass this digital library that's going to keep you in the house and potentially, like you said, out of the movie theaters. Hmm. hmm. Why would they be doing that? Hmm. I don't know. Maybe that's a discussion for another time, like we just said. I agree. Uh, look, this is this is fantastic. Uh, I hope you guys have enjoyed that conversation. There is so much more that's happening. 2017 has been an incredible year uh, for the growth of digital media and digital content. Uh, there's still more to come from from what I understand. I'm anxious to see where this Movies Anywhere service goes. Yeah. Uh, and how it's going to change the landscape for just consuming digital content. And hopefully, I mean, hopefully if, if you're one of those people that has all of these m- movies over different platforms and different devices, maybe this is open your eyes a little bit and we're making you aware of it. So yeah. maybe we're in the Disney marketing department right now. I don't know. But yeah, uh, hopefully you could take advantage of it too because we're loving it. Disclaimer, the hosts of the Concession Stand podcast <laughs> are not affiliated in any way with any movie studios in Hollywood. However, if you would like to affiliate us with Star Wars in any capacity, please feel free to do so right now. Please contact Andy Nelson. <laughs> you you look really tan, by the way. Why would that be? I haven't seen you in two weeks, and you look like you, uh, are, you're you a lobster. Well, I did take a trip, and I was gone for a week, but I can promise you I was not Colin Farrell at some <laughs> weird sex camp. Whoa. Uh, that movie was terrible, by the way, <laughs> The Lobster. Uh, yes, I, I did take my annual uh, GTFO of the country. What's that stand for? Get the fuck out. Oh. Get the fuck out of the country uh, for a week. Unplug, do all those great things. Uh, we went to, we had a what we call a friendcation where about 20 of us got together and we all went down to Cabo San Lucas. Fantastic. Uh, for a few days, just just to get away. Did you have uh, Cabo Wabo tequila, that Sammy Hagar stuff? I did at the airport. Really? Yeah. So and? when you walk out of the airport at Cabo in San Jose, which is outside of Cabo San Lucas, there is a Cabo Wabo right yes. there at the airport. Was he there? Sammy Hagar was not at the bar. Uh, I did hear it was his birthday party the weekend that I arrived, though. Uh-huh. So there were tons of people. That couldn't drive 55 that did attend his party. <laughs> I can't drive Cinquente Cinco. Oh, God. All right. Uh, it was amazing. Uh, the beach is beautiful. The people are really nice. We, so I think somebody started keeping a spreadsheet of the amount of booze that we went through and food that we went through. Uh, <laughs> How accurate was that spreadsheet near the end of a night? Uh, I, well, it, we would tally it up the next day based on the empty <laughs> bottles that were laying around. So, yeah, it, we had a good time. It was a lot of people. It was a lot of fun. What was the most amazing meal you had there? Oh, man. So, okay. there was We had a filet-cooked table side on lava rocks. What? What? That's exactly wow. why I ordered it. Of course you ordered I've it. got to see what the hell this it thing is. It was like $4 is. probably, right? Right. Well, yes. What's the so is about what I learned is about 2000 pesos is 100 bucks. Yeah. And that was kind of the the uh-huh. the control number that I kept in my head. Uh so whatever the cost of it was, I didn't care. So they bring like steaming hot <laughs> Like it looks like cinder blocks, yes. like these grilled stones that you put in, right? And he's literally got sliced filet mignon. It reminded me of like Benihana. Oh yeah, on stones. Sure. And it tasted the same way as well. Okay. It was a little bit better than Benihana. Let me put it. Be clear about that. 
Um, but the but the idea it was just beautiful. It was these great plates. I've got tons of pictures. I'm going to be putting those up online uh, soon as we as soon as we amass all of the pictures from every But just look, I I can't rave enough about uh, what it means to just get away for a week, and it's a big deal. Tell me about uh, okay. Well, th- you unplugged, and then I can't even imagine myself doing that. What? Tell me about the liberation of that, if there is such a thing, or are you constantly thinking like, oh, what's going on on this? You know, or or did you did you really unplug, or did you like check your emails, or like how, what happened? Once a day, yeah. uh, once a day, I would pop on and and like I left the phone in airplane mode for most of the trip. Okay, uh, for, for throughout the day, I didn't even take it with me when we would go to the beach or anywhere like that. It was just it was in the room charging. Yeah. Uh, when we come back randomly once or twice a day, I'd pop it on, see if anything happened, turn it back off. But you ask a very poignant question, and it's it's something that I uh, it's you know if you want to categorize it as self care or something like that, there's there's an interesting thing that happens when you turn the social media off, right? It it, it gives you the ability, and I promise this has no in no direct thing related to drugs or anything like that. But it gives you the ability to turn that kind of dopamine producer off, and in your head. You just become very introspective. You become, you start asking yourself questions about, am I doing the right things? What do I want to do next? Are these the right, you know, what are my goals? And all, it's funny how social media has a way of muting all of those huh. internal conversations and that you're constantly just on the go. Like, what's your next step? One foot in front of the other kind of thing and just, ah, 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 just right. it's always just on the yeah. go. But when you just let go and you turn the phone off and you can walk away from it for more than a day. That when you get day one, you're shaking. You're just like, oh my god, I, I got to check Facebook. Oh my god, did I get the emails? Oh my god. Once you get past that, you're just like, huh, huh. I remember what this was like. Yeah, I mean, they, like, remember, remember before Sephiroth, <laughs> remember Pages. I mean, I guess the closest I can come to that would be like, um, you know, being in Europe this summer. Like, yeah. I, we're on this opposite time, and like, I'm used to you know being in constant texting with my wife and like, how are the kids? And it wasn't like that. But uh, uh, I remember, I guess I kind of had an experience like that where, like, um, we were in Morocco shooting something. And, uh, you know, there's, there's no reception. Of course. For any, literally in the middle of, like, a you desert. You have to send a camera. Yeah, we're in the middle of a <laughs> desert in Morocco. And we had, like, walkie-talkies to talk to people, like, on set. But, um, yeah, I remember, uh, like, we had a long lunch that day. And we were waiting for the sun to go down for a shot. And we were all just kind of sitting around. And, and, like, you, it was cool to just sort of talk to people. And people weren't just like into their phones and like, you know, checking the email and like, what are we doing the next day? And like, it was just like, it was like a cool, like watching the sunset and yeah. And you're right. You, you, we take that for granted, I think. And I think, um, yeah, it's, it's a really special thing to, to be able to, and I'm not nearly as active on social media as you are, but, yeah. but you know me, I'm very like constantly checking news and scores and that's just the way I am. Um, but yeah, it's, it is something really special. So taking what you said, if we can give that advice to anybody, if you get a chance to just even unplug for a couple of hours or even like a half a day or a full day is even the best and just be introspective about stuff. Uh, it's, it's a healthy thing. Well, I got, there's a lot of feedback that I got about, Oh, Nick's taking this trip and he's rich and he's going out of the, he's going to Cabo for a week. And I'm like, no guys, that's not it. It was a big group and it was super cheap. And I used, I bought the air flight for points. So yeah. I want to be clear about that. Uh, the second thing is, um, Last year, I decided to somewhat leave the tech industry, right? So, in at least in the corporate capacity, and I took a big six month sabbatical that allowed me to start this this yep. show back up yep. with you and Orbital Jigsaw as the network and all of those things. And part of that sabbatical was this discovery of going to the Caribbean for a week. Yeah. If you guys remember that from mm-hmm. November, yep. I talked about going to uh, Turks and Caicos uh, almost a year ago. Well, coming out of that, I committed myself. I, I also never took a vacation when I worked. Yeah. The last vacation I really took was like my senior year of high school. Wow. 
So I went from 1995 to 2016 and took, for the first time, a real vacation for, for a week. You, for you and not to for go me, back and visit Not for family, family yeah. not for work, That's not cool. for any of those other things that keep you plugged in and on and just letting go for a week. And I, I told myself, coming back from that trip, I felt so refreshed, so re-energized, so focused on what I wanted to do Selfish way or not, that I just committed myself to having, I'm going to call them get the fuck out of the country once a year. It's awesome. And it just, I, I can't recommend it highly enough to everybody, whether you want to categorize it as self care or as mental health or any of those kinds of things. Sometimes you just need to blow off steam, let go, not have to worry about anything else. Just be around good people, drink good beer, eat good food, lay on the beach and do nothing. Yeah. That is the biggest thing, is do nothing. What's that like, Nick? Oh, Nick, tell me what that's like to do nothing. (laughs) It is amazing. So now that you've been back. um, Yes. And that's, again, that's amazing. Now that you've been back, you've had a couple of days, and I know you've been playing some stuff and maybe watching some mm-hmm. stuff, right? you got to catch up now that you're re-plugged back in. Well, there was that's the funny thing is I'm always constantly like checking Hulu, like what's ready what's ready to go? What's, what do I need to watch? <laughs> I'm, I'm behind. I'm behind. I'm, I wasn't really up. It's a bunch of Gordon Ramsay yelling at dumb 20-year-olds on, uh, on Hell's Kitchen. Of course. And uh, f- last week, the game that we've been anticipating all year, yes. aside from Destiny 2, was South Park Fractured Butthole. Or so Broken Butthole. Is what fractured Butthole. It. Fractured Butthole. So good. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say uh, there's been some negative co- conversations about this, and I think it's people being too nitpicky. This might be the best RPG since Final Fantasy VII. Wow. What? Well, I, I did just say that I, out loud. I can't believe it. I am dead serious. I've played, I think, about 60%. I'm at about 60% progress in yeah. the game, and I've done almost everything I can in the game at this point, and there's still that much more to go. And it's hysterical. It is. It is. It's not for everybody. No. I want to be clear about no. that. If you have watched South Park from the beginning, you're going to have a blast. If you enjoy pop culture and comic book movies and all of those things, you're going to have a blast. If you have no idea what member berries are and who Steamy Nicks is, you're not going to understand what the hell's going on or who PC Principal is. Yeah. You're, you're not going to enjoy it as much because this <laughs> game was built... For the fans, yes, and for people that actually have a sense of humor that is that is very broad like that, yes. that is does not take political correctness into account, but can laugh at pretty much anything yes. in a funny way and satirical Fart. way. Your, your major weapon is yeah. farting. Yes. your butthole. It's, it's hilarious. It's so, broken. I mean, if fractured. you if you like South Park and if you have a video game system, do yourself a favor and play it. It will make you laugh. Don't play it around your kids. No, 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 no. Uh, I also been watching uh, my tip, but the only two dramas I really watch anymore are Gotham, mm-hmm. which has gotten really good this season. I'm not caught up yet. But We're okay. finally getting to see some costumed Bruce Wayne, cool, and some of the early, early, um, maybe potentially the Rogues Bruce Gallery. Bruce right? kid, <laughs> but now you get to see him as a little kid. Uh, the other one I watch is This Is Us. Uh, there's there's no other TV show that I can think of in history that makes me man cry just like <laughs> This Is Us does, but it does every single time. It's fantastic. I, I hope it just continues to wipe the floor with Emmys. Uh, it, it's really, really good if you guys aren't watching it. And I watched the Tables, Ladders, and Chairs wrestling pay-per-view yesterday I also watched Sunday, that with my daughter, who's a fan. Yeah. Which we will be covering very, very much in detail on Busted Wide Open coming out tomorrow night. All so right. be sure to tune in for that Word one. of that. Andy, what about you? What's uh, what's been going on with you since uh, I've been gone? Since I've been gone, um, I 
I haven't really watched a lot. It's really been a lot of like family time, and by family time, I mean played Destiny Two and South Park a lot. <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> no, well, because um, you got your daughter playing now, so it's an excuse. Yeah, right? that's actually really cool. Like, yeah. uh, like so we got her playing Destiny, and what she's eight, she's playing Destiny. It's space magic, space magic, and monsters. Calm down. Um, it's uh, it's it's really neat to 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 something I take for granted so much in these thousands of hours I put into this game, but then to see her running around and she's in the other room and she's, you know, daddy, where are you? I'm like, I'm, I'm right here. Turn around. And you're like, Oh, Hey daddy. It's like, uh, they're shooting me. I'm like, Oh, get them. They don't get to shoot my kid. You know, like it's, 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 <laughs> yeah. like, it's to go to like total, Damn it, monster. <laughs> go to like total dad mode on a video game. It's crazy. Oh, right. Wow. Uh, but yeah, we've caught up on uh, the flash and uh, we're, we're up to date on star Trek. I'm telling you star Trek discovery. I know you don't have the CBS app if they ever release it or whatever, or maybe you can come over and sit down and binge watch it. It's good. It's really good. I'm really enjoying that. We're um, we're going through the back catalog of Arrow. We're about a season behind, so we're catching up on that. So we're doing what we can. Um, I am excited. Uh, tomorrow night, no, no, Wednesday night, uh, I get to go to an early screening of Murder on the Orient Express. Ooh, yeah, those perks of being in the uh, guilds and whatever. My right. wife's in the Art Directors Guild, and there's a screening of that uh, somewhere in Hollywood where we get to see that movie early. But then after it, there's like a Q and A with Kenneth Branagh, the director, of course. And uh, as Josh, long as he has that amazing mustache, he w- I'll, I'm be sure okay. he will. And if he, if he doesn't, I'll tell him to put one on. And well, then Kate also, from see here, the see here's the thing is going to be really jealous. No, and he's uh, really hyped about this and movie. Josh Gad's going to be there as oh. well, Olaf himself. So that'll be cool, and uh, yeah, this, this this time of year is is cool out here uh, with, when we get to go to these little screenings. We're trying to get into one uh, in a couple weeks for Dunkirk that has Christopher Nolan. Um, I RSVP'd for it, but sometimes you just don't get into them, and so that'll be cool, and hopefully we can get to go to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of in that like looking forward to stuff mode. I mean, we're into that, like we're getting into like the golden time of year where like all the movies we've been looking forward to all year coming out. We've got Thor, we got Justice League, we got... We got Last Jedi. We got P.T. Barnum. Like even Coco's coming out, which a lot of people don't really care about. But they're like, hey, there's a frozen thing in front of it. And everybody's like, yes, I'll go see Coco if there's a frozen thing in front of it. Um, yeah. Well, put this in perspective. There's only nine weeks. I know. It's crazy. What? When did that it's happen? It's like eight weeks till Christmas. It's like Black Friday tomorrow. <laughs> oh, God, I hope not. Well, oh. I kind of do because I need some deals on some 4K <laughs> yeah. TV. What? Yeah. Oh, anyway, so uh, that sounds great, man. I, I'm really anxious. I'm hyped for the holidays. I'm going to be going to Detroit for Thanksgiving to Sweet. see family there. Detroit, Detroit. basketball. Yes, sir. All right. Well, let's talk about some quick hits really quick. Uh, Sly Stallone is set to direct and produce Queed. 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 <laughs> Queed, 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 Creed. He, he's, a, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's gonna uh, d- d- direct a uh, yeah, Queed movie. Uh, it's, it's called uh, Queed Two. It's, it's Queed Two. Well, you're gonna, is, you're gonna love it. This is off the back of the fact that uh, the Coogler, who directed the first film, yeah, is uh, been helming Black Panther and has not been available, so or will not be available. Whatever the story is, I don't know so. what the deal is with that, but I mean, I'll do it. Uh, maybe he's too big time now to go back and do Creed. Creed 1 was fantastic. Stallone wrote it, yes. if I'm not mistaken. Yes, he, he wrote did. the script for Creed 2 as well. But, I mean, he, he's a good director. He'll be fine. And I don't know how much he's in it, but sure. Well, we have to keep in mind that Coogler was also the one that kind of introduced us to Michael B. Jordan yeah. uh, with Fruitvale Station, yep, which yep, was yep. a very acclaimed yes. independent movie. Yes, it was very good. Uh, it was a very good film. And I want to know how much that affected Michael B. Jordan's performance and the filming of the first f- movie. And if you're now going to take that connection away, is it has it already been established? But I bet he's got. I bet he's got an, a, a good relationship with Stallone as an actor. Well, so yeah, I, I, would, <laughs> I would think. I would think it's going to be fine. He's proven that he can direct, anyways. Uh, it, it'll be good. Yeah, Rocky. 
Rocky in the hands of Stallone. It's I mean, if you're not going to do Coogler again, you might as well do Stallone, right? Right. I mean, what was the one in uh, was it Rocky Balboa? I mean, there were a couple in there that were questionable. But Stallone directed Rocky Balboa, if I'm yes, not mistaken. He did. Wrote and and produced and directed. I sure. Mean, just everything. Everything Rocky has had Stallone's hands on it. Yes. And I am perfectly okay with the continuation of Creed. Queed. Creed. Queed. That story. Queed. <laughs> uh, him continuing to do that. Uh, also in the news, Apple struck a deal with Amblin Entertainment. That's Spielberg's company. That is Steven Spielberg, yes, uh, for a reboot of the 80s series Amazing Stories. And you didn't what watch- is Amazing okay. Stories? Because I didn't watch this. Okay, so in the mid-80s, around the time when Spielberg was like the best and still is the best, um, he started a, a series on NBC. It was like in primetime. It was like a one-hour show, and it was like Twilight Zone-ish. It was. It had like a lot of like amazing fantasy type stories, mm-hmm. or they had like horror stories. But here's the thing about that show is it, you can actually. I think you could find it on the NBC app, maybe or NBC.com. Okay. You can find the old episodes of this. And there were like forty of them, I think, like two seasons worth. Anyways, they had like major stars come in and be in these things. And they had like major directors like Zemeckis directed an episode. Clint Eastwood directed an episode. Scorsese directed an episode. Spielberg did like three or four episodes. And the most famous one, if you only watch one of them is one called the mission where it was like, it's like, it would remind you of like Memphis bells. So it's like that old timey, like bomber thing. Right. right? And, uh, and I want to ruin it. So it's, it's, but Kevin Costner, it was like one of his first roles. He's actually oh, in shit. it. So if you, if you, if you take anything away from this, if you want to go watch this one thing, Watch the episode called The Mission. But again, Apple being involved with this now, they want to reboot something that they w- they think is a surefire hit. There's something to me that's exciting about two things that I really like, Apple and Spielberg. It, it's To me, it's a home run. Mm, that does sound good. We also found out that there's going to be no Hulk standalone movie, which we've known. Yeah. Let's be honest. It's we've tough, known to, it's tough to do a Hulk movie. Yeah. I mean, Mark Ruffalo talk. has come out and said, you know, he hung out with Kevin Feige and they were like, yeah, what do, what, do we do another standalone movie? And they're like, nah, no, I don't think so. He says, I really want to do one. But what if we just build a story arc that's really right. popular into the next three Avengers story arc sure. movies, right? Yeah. Which is what they're doing. It's going to start with Thor Ragnarok, uh, which we get the kind of the Planet Hulk yep. storyline of yep. him being jettisoned off onto another into the cosmos, right? But it's going to evolve into what's known as the World War Hulk uh, storyline as well in the Avengers three and four movies. So what is the what are we talking about here? So if I remember correctly, in the comics, uh, he destroyed a bunch of stuff uh, similar to what happened in like Avengers Two because we haven't seen him since Avengers Two, and yeah. then, and they were like, and then the Illuminati, which is a group of like Reed Richards and like uh, Black Bolt from the Inhumans, but they were like, well, we gotta we can't have the Hulk here, and so they sent him off into space into some planet called I think Sakar maybe, yeah, or it was something, Sakaar. something like that, right? And so. Uh, they did this whole series of like him on this, like, like it was almost kind of like a Roman emperor gladiator thing where like he would became this great warrior there. He and became then, king of the, sure. his uh, name was Sakar son or something, something like that. Like that yeah. Right. But, but so they couldn't do that story in the Marvel universe cause they would have needed Reed Richards, who is a Fox property. So right. I guess they couldn't actually do that scene. Maybe they'll hint at it or something. Um, but then after a certain point he gets somehow, I forget what happens, but he, he ends up going back to earth. And well, he gets this big armada and this right. army and he, comes and he's back mad to the Illuminati. He's mad right? because he's the Hulk and he's always mad. But they, he eventually goes back to Earth and creates World War Hulk where he just goes after everybody that sent him there. So maybe we'll see that in like Infinity War, maybe? I don't know. Hints of it, maybe. Sure. Uh, in other news, Beetlejuice 2 now officially has a writer. So this, this film's been circling the drain of Hollywood for years at yeah. this point. Uh, it, it, and it's finally got somebody writing it, and I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce his very Russian name. Sure, I mean, but it's fine. It's to me, this could be a clickbaity thing, but it's also something for us to get excited about. 
We know Burton and Keaton aren't attached yet. It doesn't work unless they are, but if there is a Beetlejuice 2, I'd love to see it. Oh, hell yes. And Keaton's kind of on a roll right now of a rebirth or a second coming of sorts. So it wouldn't surprise me if this really uh, gets it down there. But do you think you can make this film without... No. At least Keaton and, if not Burton? I think Burton... No, I don't think you can make it with... You you can't have one or the other. It has to be both. Really? Yeah, I mean, that is like... that. That is Tim Burton's like style all over that. This is like the pre Nightmare Before Christmas Tim Burton. Like yeah. we saw that like his quirky designs and all of those monsters and the things like that's his like or Beetlejuice and Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, but like once they get those... into the Beetlejuice world and like all the like the claymation stuff, like that's all that like Tim Burton style. I don't think you can do that with somebody else. Yeah, that's a good point. Last but certainly not least, we talked about it earlier. We're going to talk about it on a uh, on an upcoming episode. Fandango purchases MovieTickets.com. Uh, whoa, yeah, that, that's that's. <laughs> so a lot they've been on like i said earlier they've been on a buying spree they bought a uh, flickster mgo which yep. was basically a back-end ticketing system that uh brought in all of the theaters around the country to do assigned seating and things like that so we're definitely going to talk about that in an upcoming episode around uh what's going on in the theaters akin to kind of what we talked about today with regards to digital film okay so one last thing I'd like to do. Yes. Uh, Friday is quite a day for geeks like us. Friday, October 27th, I mean. Oh, pray tell. Well, there's a multitude of things coming out that are awesome. All right. So let me just give you the list. Uh, number one. It's uh, almost my birthday. It is almost your birthday. Yeah. Uh, the next time we will do a show, you will be 40, by the oh, way. So there's, there's that, which is awesome. I had to go and spoil it. Uh, you talked about it on other episodes. No, spoiler alert. Next 40. Is uh-uh. um, so... Uh, you have the new Assassin's Creed game. Ooh. You have the new Wolfenstein game. Ooh. You have the new Super Mario game on the Switch, which is going Ooh. to move switches and move whatever. And the other big one that day, Stranger Things. All the episodes of Stranger Things <gasps> Season 2 drop on Netflix. So <gasps> I will go ahead and give not a person, but the day <laughs> October 27th gets the Stone Cold Salute. I said give me a hell yeah. Yes, yes, indeed. So we've actually now d- devolved into giving dates on calendars, Stone Cold salutes. That's that's. I don't know if that's. I'm excited about that or sad. Well, also this week on the Orbital Jigsaw Network, or should I say, last week, I'm still playing catch up from my <laughs> uh, amazing trip. Uh, there was an there was an awesome episode that I think everybody should go listen to uh, from Is This Adulting? Yeah, another show on the yeah, network yeah. there. Uh, they were uh, they had the guest of Nate Hale from the Conspirators podcast, which ah. is fantastic. Highly recommend that show. But they were discussing fall and Renaissance festivals, oh. which are have always been very <laughs> fascinating to yes. me. That there is this entire subculture of people that LARPing. shift exactly <laughs> that shift into this mode of you know giant steins of beer and sausage for a week and weird clothing and we old do timey clothing we, we do that anyways the sausage and beer part right right anytime i go to berlin i'm that's all i that's all that you here. eat in berlin we right? do that here oh yeah what <laughs> well that's our show for this week guys if you uh come over and hit us up on facebook at facebook.com slash official concession stand you can also find us over on twitter at concession stand or send us an email if you like. Let us know what you think, or maybe we'll read it here on the show. CS at orbitaljigsaw.com. You can also find us over on Patreon at patreon.com slash concession stand. We love doing this, and we would love to do it more often for you guys, but we need your help. Uh, and we'd love to just hang out with you guys. So if you check for out sure. the perks, for sure. throw a couple bucks in the tip jar if you like what we're doing here, or sign up to do your very own Stone Cold Salute. Oh, wow. How about that? Last and certainly not least, you can find our logo, the Orange Popcorn Man, over on t-shirts and hoodies and stickers 
phone cases, mugs, bags, anything and more. Just head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash store to pick up some of your sweet swag. But I'm Nick Howell. You can find me over on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I'm Andy Nelson. You can find me at Andy Nelson76 also on Twitter. World Series starts tomorrow right yes. here in Los Angeles. Let's go Dodgers. Later. Bye. This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out. OrbitalJigsaw.com.